Hi, and uh, welcome to the Gallows Humor Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, JJ Elliott. And uh, thank you much. Thank you very much for joining me today. And uh, uh, I, I have to apologize, I, I, and I'm going to be doing a lot of that in this episode today. And that is that I'm going to try to squeeze in a few more episodes this month. Um, but the holidays do make it a little bit, uh, a little tougher, as you know. And although I've been trying to keep uh, to my seven to 10 day release schedule, um, this one kind of got away from me. It's been like two weeks since the last show. And I, and I apologize for that. And I'll talk a little bit about, about the things that have happened, but you do have to remember that this is a, a one man operation. Uh, technically it's one man, one cat and one goat. All right, Hank. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. And uh, so sometimes it, it, the best of um, the the best of plans go go awry. So let's let's kind of get this started a little bit, and then we'll talk about some of the things that uh, have been going on the last last couple of weeks. Okay. So first of all, a quick recap about J.J. Elliott, and he is a writer of fiction who, in his stories, he tells truths, and so that's that's the the beauty I like about fiction is that. Uh, what you can learn out of it, okay? And JJ has been writing stories for her a really, really long time, and he shares his home with his only companion. That's Artie, uh, the world's smartest cat. And if you're lucky, you hear wa- uh, Artie wandering and say hi, because uh, he's got an opinion on everything. And right now, uh, Artie is just—he's uh, sitting in a chair right next to uh, uh, my studio uh, desk, and he's napping. It looks like it, but you know his tail is twitching, so. Uh, I did try to record this show um, a week or so ago, and uh, it was all sorts of uh, chaos because uh, in the middle of it, Artie, he was uh, looking for something or mostly my attention. He it was all over the keyboard, and so uh, some things got um, messed up, and when I tried to edit or fix it, it was just easier to try to start over from the beginning. Anyway, um, I was going to say that uh, um, um, Artie does have, he's got a, a favorite uh, Christmas ornament, right? It's a small plushy honey badger and he loves to pull it off the tree and carry it around his mouth. And, um, uh, and I always hang it low so he can find it and play with it. You know, he'll, he'll leave it hanging around and I'll put, just put it back on the tree on, on the low hanging branch and he'll, he'll go out and get it anyway. Um, anyway, uh, I, JJ gets his ideas uh, from his alter ego, Jim Elliott, right? And Jim is a guy who actually has to, uh, experience life with all its ups and downs and jj gets to kind of sit back and, and write about it and um we take turns are talking about jj's stories in his books or you know pop culture in general you know uh, jj's got an opinion on things and so does jim uh, and in this podcast you'll, you'll hear jj who's more often because he's, he's more upbeat and enthusiastic well jim tends to be a little bit more uh, analytical and is a um a bit of a a slow, a slow talker, and you'll be able to tell who's speaking. and And don't worry, it's really not that complicated. Just uh, uh, sit back, and, and I'll do all the heavy lifting. If you want to uh, share your opinions about the show, and 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 um, quite a few of you have, and I'm grateful for that. You can contact me through Facebook or Instagram at JJ Elliot Author. That's one word. And I can also be reached by email at JJ Elliot Author at gmail dot com. And books by JJ Elliot can be found on. On Amazon, you can just type my name in, in you know, in uh, in the search bar, and and it should pull it up. There's there's four books in there now, and I've had people who've who've asked me, um, and I got to share a story. It was kind of funny. Uh, the people in my neighborhood, some some know me, you know, obviously, but most people know uh, know Artie, 
And um, and somebody he came he came around asking, hey, what do you do? And I, you know, I'm a writer and blah blah. blah. I have a podcast. He goes, oh, what kind of podcast? Anyway, so I told him, and, and that was about the end of it. And then I was out um, uh, uh, on a walk in the neighborhood, and this guy drives by and he honks his horn. And he goes, hey, I listen to your show. And I go, yeah. And I wave back to him, going, who the hell is that guy? But hell, you know, um, in my own neighborhood, minor celebrity. I like that. Anyway, as I was telling you earlier. Um, I started writing the script for this show in the time that I call the holiday uh, no man's land. And that's the period between uh, Thanksgiving and say the first of December. And um, I guess maybe this, this, this episode would be considered the Thanksgiving left leftover episodes because um, we're going to do a little reminiscing as we undo our belt and loosen our pants and, and talk about what, what we, what we've uh, just, uh, just experienced. I'll talk a little bit about, about, about Thanksgiving too. Okay. So, um, so for me, uh, personally, the last couple of years, um, we're a little more, uh, um, melancholy and I either spent, uh, like an uncomfortable Thanksgiving with my stepkids and, and the ex, or I spent it alone at, uh, medieval times up in, uh, Buena Park, uh, in, in Orange County. Um, but this year, you know, a friend of mine, and you've met them here before, friends of mine uh, on the show, there was Remy and Marie. Um, they invited me to their house and and um and I accepted, you know, which is kind of a big step for me. And, and normally, you know, I, I hate to say that sometimes, you know, when you when uh, uh with depression that you you tend to wallow in your own self pity type of thing and it's just uh you know, you just kind of just just stewing those um anguish and and anxious juices. But um you know, I have um uh I didn't do it this year. And my daughter came with me. We went over to Remy Marie's house, and it was um, we had a we had a fun time, and we skipped over all any unnecessary drama and awkward conversations, and um, I even got to bring home um, leftover food that lasted for you for most of the week. And uh, so Marie is a vegetarian, but but Remy is not. And at uh, Marie's job, they gave away um, like Thanksgiving turkeys, and she was like, "Oh, thanks. What I'm going to do with this." So when Remy found out that I was coming and my daughter um, Lizzie was going to be there, he 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 cooked a turkey and he was so anxious to do this because he you know he watches like these British baking shows whatever and he and he, and he had this recipe he'd been trying to he was thinking of of, of this turkey but he didn't want to cook a turkey for himself so you know he went out of his way and he made this turkey uh, I think the first time cooking one and um, let me tell you he 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 nailed it it was. It was delicious, and Artie loved it too, and I shared with him. And we had um, we we had wine and beer, and and I think we even there might have been a spiked uh, hot chocolate too. And 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 uh, then we played a card game uh, called Flux, F L U X X. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's 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 um it's a fun game, and I can't recommend this game enough. It's easy to pick up uh, uh, how how to play this game, and it's it's funny because the in the game itself. The rules constantly change, and uh, the goal to win the game changes with every game as well. And so it's never they're really the same the same game twice. And uh, because we're nerds, we played the Star Trek version, and uh, there's a I think we we have a there's a next gen version. I think we have a um, a Voyager version. We might even have a D Space Nine version um, of the game. And, and so that's that's how uh, what we played. And, um, and it, it was, it was fun. Uh, anyway, and actually that morning, uh, Thanksgiving morning, um, 
Marie and I ran in a, the um, kind of a local turkey trot up in uh, Oceanside, California. It was it was kind of nice. It was a cold morning, and Remy pushed uh, baby Robin in a stroller, and it was um, you know I have to say it was a it was a good day. It really was a good day, and um, and I did um, um, the rest of the weekend. I binged um, Loki season one and season two, um, just just because. And um, I don't know if it's if it's if it's just me, and maybe you guys have the same same kind of issues too. But sometimes it's difficult to get into the Christmas mood until December rolls around. Sometimes not to the middle of December, and, and uh, uh, I'm not really sure why. I know that like uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday are kind of the uh, unofficial unofficial start of the holiday. And of course, the Hallmark Channel has been running movies, uh, Christmas movies, since I think July. Um, but sometimes it takes me um, a lot longer to get into any kind of a festive, uh, festive mood, right? And uh, and some years though, you know, like Thanksgiving's the let's see, it's the second to the last day of the month. I think the rule is uh, Thanksgiving has to fall on the last Thursday before the last Friday in November, right? And on, on those years where it's like the second to last day of the month, the transition to Christmas um, is a little swifter, right? Because it's it's uh, like it's December or it's November 29th, 30th is Friday, and December 1st is the next day. And so, boom, right into December. And, you know, and, and, and then, uh, you know, you start putting up Christmas trees and stuff right away. And for me, uh, that works a little better than when Thanksgiving like this year fell like on the 23rd or something like that. A little harder because the whole there's a whole other week of November, and um, and that's that part of that no man's land of holidays that I talk about, and and that 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 week um, for some reason um, adds to anxieties of of not feeling uh, uh, connected, and I do struggle by the way with anxieties and and depression, and uh, uh, but this year um, is a little different. I've been uh, uh, a lot more uh, cognizant of my moods and uh, being aware of how I am feeling. And I could tell when a, uh, a black mood is starting to come over. And, and um, in life, of course, you know, there's no way you can ever avoid stress or the feeling of anxiousness. But um, I have um, more tools now in my toolbox on how to deal with these feelings so as not to get, uh, not to get overwhelmed. And if you're feeling the same way, uh, one of the big things is that if you're on meds, take your meds. And sometimes you're feeling pretty good, and you go, "Well, maybe I don't, I don't need these anymore." And uh, it just so happened that I was, I did see my shrink uh, just before uh, Thanksgiving. The, the the psychiatrist that that uh, prescribed the uh, uh, antidepressants for me, and he says, "Look, everything seems to be working well for you. There's no need to get off it, you know, especially now in the holidays. Stand up for six more months." And we'll talk in uh, we'll talk in March, and we'll see how that how that goes. March, April, May, something like that, something like that. maybe it was May, May, May twenty second, I think it is. So we'll talk about it in May, and um, I was okay with it, you know. So uh, um, I, I was glad that he, you know, that he that uh, we both recognized I was that I was making some good progress. But that's not a time to say, okay, we've we've won the war, let's move on. That's now just time to say, okay, this is what's working. Stay on what's wor- what's working, and I'm going to ask you guys the same thing too. If you have something that works for you, um, do it. If you don't find someone to talk to, by all means, please talk to somebody. This is a very tough time of year for a lot of people. Anyway, um, 
I did eventually put up my my lights and my Christmas tree. I, I think I did wait um, to the middle of uh, um, just before December first. I think I maybe put up just uh, the day before. Um, and I put up a, uh, lights and a tree, and it's kind of cool because my uh, my Christmas tree is filled with uh, all sorts of uh, uh, eclectic ornaments, right? And uh, it has everything from uh, superheroes, of course. Um, to uh, to like Indiana Jones, X Files. I have Star Trek and Powerpuff Girls, Lone Ranger and Godzilla, and a, a GI Joe astronaut, and uh, and even um, uh, a Rock'em Sock'em robot uh, ornament. And um, the cool thing is, I didn't buy any of these. Not that I'm the cool thing is that how cheap I am. It's just that uh, these. Uh, were all uh, gifted to me, you know, by by family or friends in the last, I don't know, twenty five years or so, and um, and, and I think it originally started with just like one ornament someone gave me, and you know, it was a had a traditional a glass bulb ornament, and then you get kind of a weird one, and then before you didn't, you get another weird one or, or uh, uh, ornament, and then you know you don't really have any rooms for the uh, for the glass uh, bulb type, so. My tree is filled with all these uh, oddball ornaments, and it looks—it's very colorful. It looks really cool. And my tree topper is the X Men, uh, one of the original X Men, Angel, and he's right on the top with you know wings spread and everything. And and I played, um, I played Christmas music. I put these up, um, and it, you know, but I'm not. Um, this is uh, almost the middle of December right now as I record this show, and and, and I'm not quite there. And in all honesty, I haven't even started. Uh, uh, Christmas shopping yet, and I'll probably do most of it online. But um, it is sort of the symptoms of of, of uh, anxiety and depression, where you, you it's sometimes hard to make decisions and stuff. But you know, um, it, it, you know, you, you recognize when something's happening, and then find a way to 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 you know you get your tools to um, to move on, so it doesn't just become a uh, um, a problem where you you know you can't get out of bed. But anyway. Um, uh, this is gonna, in a way, this uh, this show, and and let me tell you, this show was so hard for me to produce for some reason. I actually started wrote the script for it like right after uh, Thanksgiving, and then like for some reason, I you know the procrastination part, I just couldn't quite find the uh, the will to record it, and I was in the right uh, right frame of mind, and then. Uh, you know, a week or so ago, uh, you know, I, I start, I, you know, I, I did two things. I started to record it and then in realized in the, in the middle of the show that, uh, my mixer was not, uh, plugged in to, um, to my computer. So, you know, uh, uh, I'm speaking to this microphone, but it's not being recorded anywhere. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, hell. And when I tell you it's a script, it, it is, it's mostly, um, uh, notes. It's 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 you know things like I said the the kind of the high, highlights of points I want to make and and most of it is just just me riffing, and so ah oh, hell I got to record this again, so you know I got to got to delete what was what was on there which was mostly nothing uh, it just whatever the computer microphone picked up and it sounded it sounded horrible, uh, so I couldn't couldn't really use it, and so I had to plug it in and start the show again and then in the middle of that um, Artie was like hey. When you can start paying attention to me, and he and he kind of leaped up on top of the um, uh, uh, desk. He scared the crap out of Hank. Yeah, he did, Hank's right. And then uh, he was walking on the keyboard, 
which was weird. So, and it was funny. So, it, it, you know, I, I, it was, um, it, I tried to edit that part out, but I was laughing so hard that it just didn't make any sense where I could edit it. So, uh, I just deleted the whole thing. And, and now here's my third, third attempt at this. Um, but what I was going to say is that, um, this, um, this episode is going to kind of fit in to, uh, to this, uh, what we're going to talk about in, in, in this week's episode. And because the last two shows I did with my daughter, Lizzie, I didn't get a chance to talk about my story, uh, the long way home from, um, the gal's humor book of short stories, right? It is my, uh, Thanksgiving story. And, and I'm going to read a couple, uh, you know, the, uh, the first few pages, and then we're going to talk a little bit about, about this story. So gathered around kids, it's, it's, it's story time. And this is, uh, the long, long way home. <clears throat> la la la. Mm, mm, me, 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 me. Okay, here we go. I think it started with the crows. I started noticing them gathering around the open field near my apartment. I was leaving my apartment when I first uh, I saw the first crow. It was a big one, black and shiny, about the size of a rabbit. It wasn't doing anything but just lurking about in the field right next to my building. It would occasionally hop about, but it didn't seem to be doing anything except watching for me to come out of my apartment. And for about a week, it was just the one crow. Then it was two crows. The second, just as big as the first one. Now the two were bouncing around, calling loudly to each other until I came out and then they fall silent and stare at me until they got my car and drove away. This went on for almost 10 days. And then there were six giant crows milling about. They were loud and obnoxious. And I remember one of the neighbor boys coming out one morning and threw rocks at the crows. And the birds would just take flight just to avoid being hit. But then they would alight again and take up their calling. I know a group of crows is called a murder, and now I know why. It's because those bastards make enough noise that you want to murder them all. I try to outsmart them uh, by varying my schedule. And for a couple of days, I managed to avoid them. But then they figured it out, and now there were ten birds that showed up. Although the calendar said it was still autumn, there was definitely the feel of winter in the air. The days were starting to get shorter and the shadows were getting longer. I really hate this time of year. I get uh, seriously anxious and antsy about the days changing. There's a syndrome named for this condition, uh, seasonal affective disorder, SAD. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, it sounds like bullshit, but uh, I was definitely feeling the blues as the days grew darker and the weather got colder and the approaching holidays didn't make uh, didn't help my mood any. It was a Monday, and I got up tired and late. I was having uh, some really weird dreams. I couldn't sleep. Of course, it may have been the half dozen whiskey shots too, but uh, you know, I'll go with the trippy dreams. The good news was that I was already so late for work, didn't didn't feel the need to rush. So I left my apartment, and I was greeted with the cause of a dozen crows. They were hopping up and down and laughing loudly like they weren't sure I was going to make it out of my home today, but thrilled to see that I got my shit together and was going to do the right thing by going to work instead of just calling in sick. I hate those damn judgmental flying assholes. Since I was already late, I figured, what the hell? What's the harm in uh, getting my Starbucks fix before I turn my car downtown toward my job at King's Entertainment? I hate going into work. I really should be doing something else, something better. It's not that the company is, is a bad place. I mean, my manager is kind of a jerk, but then again, what manager isn't, right? 
The company's business is to supply food, DJs, and waitstaff for weddings and conventions, you know, large seminars, large seminars. It's an easy gig, and I work in premier sales, which means I usually just do corporate events. It's really a stupid job, and I, I really wanted a job in radio or television, but there wasn't anything available after I graduated with my master's in communication. I have a quota of events that I have to book each month, and some months are tougher than others. Uh, but November and December actually kind of give me months, and they practically book themselves. The nice thing is, is once I hit the quota number, I can slow down. And I hit that number last week. There are those guys that really hustle and come in early and leave late. I tell you, I'm not one of them. I do just enough to keep from uh, getting fired. Not too much that I might get noticed and be given extra assignments. I rolled into work almost a full 90 minutes late. I felt like a boss, waving to all the other wage slaves. That feeling lasted about three minutes when my manager intercepted me just before I sat down. I sat in front of his desk, and although I looked him right in the eyes, nodding along with his words, in all honesty, I only caught a few of the words he was saying. Blah, blah, 12th time this year. You've been, out, you've been late or called in sick, and you're out of sick time. Blah, blah, blah. You'll be placed on a personal improvement plan. Blah, blah, blah. That bastard put me on a pip? I didn't care. I wasn't fired. So this day me uh, not not so bad after all. I thought, I just finished uh, logging the system. What the hell? That's when my phone rang. Is my sister, Kate. Hey, Kate, what's up? Hey, little brother. I thought I'd give you a call as a reminder. Uh... Reminder of what? See, Kev, this is why I have to call, she said. Everyone else can send an email or a text, but not you. You never respond, so I'm giving you a call. Oh, uh, sorry, sister, I got your messages, I said, speaking slowly as I tried to scroll to find my sister's text messages. Uh, you want to know if I'm coming home to uh, Thanksgiving? Yep, that's right. It's in a week, bro. Uh, I don't know. I said, trying to think of a solid reason not to attend. Nope, she answered. I could hear the emotion that was carried in that one word. It's not what I. Um, it's not that I don't want to go. I started. No, no, she said. I'm going to have to cut you off right there. You did not show up last year after promising everyone, and then at Christmas you were drunk. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, it's coming back to me. Um, but. Uh, I tried sticking there, but my sister was having none of that, and she was on a tear, and, went, and there was no way to stop her once she got started. No buts this time, she said, and then paused for dramatic effect. Here it comes. You owe me, and I mean cash. Kate, you know I'm going to pay you back. That's right. You're going to start paying me back by being there for Thanksgiving, on time and sober. Have I made myself clear? I was trapped in a corner. I had no choice. I'll be there, I said with no enthusiasm. Sober, she added for emphasis. Yes, I said, I heard you. I'll be there. On time. Thank you, Kev, she said. The hunting was back in her voice. See you next week. I'm looking forward to it, I said. Okay, so that's just the few uh, first few pages from um, the Gallows Humor story, The Long Way Home. Um. When I started writing the story, I created this character who was a um, a bit of an ass. Now he's a total asshole, 
he's a jerk to his co-workers and is a narrative well to his family. I hope you kind of got, got that feel just from the first couple paragraphs there. Um, and the idea was the story was going to involve this guy who was, um, uh, I should say the initial idea was to have this guy who was suddenly and mysteriously picked up by aliens and whisked away to their home world and his disappearance was not a big deal and no one missed him or even noticed. In effect, his existence has no bearing on, on any part of human history. Okay? Um, so I'm, let me get, digress here for a little bit and I promise to come back uh, to this point and make some relevant points here, But so bear with me, okay? Uh, a couple of shows ago, remember we we talked about uh, time travel and I mentioned a theory called the... Uh, the butterfly effect, right? And basically the butterfly effect is part of chaos theory, which kind of states that a small change could lead to a large change in the future. An example is the flapping of a butterfly's wings could lead to the formation of a tornado or hurricane weeks or months later. Um, in regards to time travel, the warning that, always, that everybody always gets is that any interaction in the past you could make could have disastrous changes in the future, right? And let's talk about the movie Back to the Future, where we know that uh, Marty McFly uh, went back into the past uh, to try to restore his future. When he, when he, and, but he eventually, he changed his future where he made his family uh, much more successful and um, less dysfunctional, right? It was nothing catastrophic, but it was still a change. In fact, even the, the beginning of the show, the, you know, he, he, he and Doc Brown did their experiments in the parking lot of the Twin Pines Mall and when we see it later in the movie, it's now the Lone Pine Mall because when he went back in time, he he knocked one of the pine trees down. Um, okay, so just keep that point in mind. And now here's my second divergent point I'm going to make, and I, and I promise we're going to bring this all back together. Um, I remember watching the movie uh, Castaway. You know that one uh, with uh, Tom Hanks? Um, he plays a character who... Um, survives a plane crash and and ends up uh, being stranded on a deserted island, right? He was on this island for, I think, uh, it's probably like three years. And, and then uh, he builds a, a, a raft. You know, he's got his little um, friend, um, was it Wilson, who's the uh, volleyball, right? Um, and he gets off this after three years. And, um, but for those three years, uh, everyone in his life, uh, believed he was dead, and for them, life went on. Right? I mean, they had a funeral funeral for him and everything, and his uh, girlfriend ended up uh, like remarrying or remarrying. His girlfriend ended up marrying. I think it was like her dentist or his dent. Anyway, and and they have kids and the whole bit there. Or his 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 girlfriend, uh, who's played by uh, Helen Hunt, you know, they, she ended up uh, marrying somebody else and whatever, because everyone thought he was dead, right? Um. So let's 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 suppose that what if he did die? You know, what if he had died in in, in the plane crash? I mean, uh, let's suppose he died. Would it have mattered if he died in the plane wreck, or you know, uh, on his way uh, to the island? You know, because I think he 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 gets sucked down the plane and, and he finds a he gets a a raft. And he pulls like the the cord and the raft fills up and he holds on the raft and that's what carries him up up to the top of the surface. Otherwise he would have been trapped in this plane. But let's suppose, uh, you know, that uh, on that first night in the raft that, you know, he, he, he gets a hole and he, he dies there. Um, or the first day on the Island. Right. And, and, and later on you find that he's got like a, 
a bad tooth and he has to knock it off with a, uh, like an ice skate, you know, the, he uses. But what if he died from an infection on that? Or uh, he starved to death or he had injured himself. And, and at one point he even tried to um, hang himself, right? He, he, he used uh, um, some, some uh, vines and he made himself a rope and he thought about it at the time that he was going to do it. But you know, he realized that, it, that it, um, he didn't make the rope long enough and, and, it, and it wouldn't have snapped his neck and just would have, you know, he probably just, he, I think he broke the tree that it was on when he tested it. And so that was he, so he decided not to do it. Not that he didn't want to die. It's just that he wasn't sure that he would die because the, the worst part is that he tries to hang himself and then doesn't die. You know, the, 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 the branch breaks and he falls and now he's injured or hurt and it's a, it's a fate worth than just dying. Um, but the thought I had was that uh, he was thought dead and he had no real effect on the world going on around him. In fact, the effect he has is when he comes back almost from the dead, right? Because life has changed, moved around him, and now he's got a, he has a, a future that he had never wanted or predicted. Um, but to me, I think it was sort of like an opposite of the butterfly effect. Instead of a small thing having a big change, this was a big thing that had no change. Um, but you can imagine when I started to write this story, uh, it was a very, um, very bleak story. And like I said, it was going to talk about this guy, and I made him so um, miserable that uh, he that he wouldn't be missed, you know. Uh, and and it was just that he would just be dis- he would just disappear, and he would end up on some alien planet, like in a alien zoo, sort of something like out of a Twilight Zone thing. But um, but no one no one would miss him, um, in a way. Um, so I had shared this story with a friend of mine. Um, uh, Delton West and Delton uh, Delton is a uh, he, he's a mentor of mine and, and Delton and I we used to meet at this restaurant uh, uh, every other Tuesday for 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 drinks and and we would just talk about things in general mostly he, and Delton was a big fan of science fiction and he he lent me the book uh, uh, Live Free or Die by uh, John Ringo as, you know a solid science fiction book if there ever was one and anyway, so we were discussing, uh, dis- discussing, um, um, we were discussing this book and Delton's a, um, he's a multifaceted guy. It, 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 he, he, he's, he's awesome, right? He was an expert on, on, on quality systems for medical device companies. He was also, he was an extra for TV shows that were filmed here locally in San Diego. I think he was like a hot dog vendor in one show and, and, and he was a lawyer in another and we used to talk about those gigs that he had, and he was always in, encouraging me to um, to branch out and try my hand at at, at acting or, or or improv. And and I still may. I don't know. I did take a, a class in uh, in voiceover work once, and I did make a a demo tape for uh, like a car commercial or another one for 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 baked beans, <laughs> baked beans. Anyway, um, uh, every once in a while, I would run some of these ideas by him. And, uh, and, and he would give me some good, solid advice. You know, that's the story's not bad, blah, blah, blah. And I had known Delton for, um, for years. He was, a, a like I say, he was a mentor. Uh, he used to be a boss of mine at one time, but eventually we, we were just, uh, when he, when we were no longer working together, we kind of, um, we still talked to each other and he was, uh, um, he was a, a friend, right? And, and every once in a while he, he would just call me out of the blue and say, Hey, let's get together. And, and um, um, you know, uh, okay. 
And, and when I got um, when I got separated and then divorced, it, it didn't make any public notice. You know, I mean, you know, I didn't really hide it, but I didn't really tell anybody. There was no mention of it on uh, social media. But uh, um, Delton, who's also a friend of my ex-wife, he had he'd figured it out that something was something seemed odd, right? He didn't say anything to me directly. He just invited me out and I'd just talk about uh, life and uh, science fiction. And that was Delton, right? He was uh, um, no pressure. Just he was just being a friend, and he wanted me to know in his own way that he was being that he was there for me, right? Um, and at the time, um, you know that, that I kind of wrote this story. Uh, I, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't anywhere, anywhere ready to accept my new reality, and uh, that um, you know that I that I uh, was separated and divorced or whatever. Um, it all seemed kind of unreal, but but he was there and he was a good guy to talk to, right? So I had pitched this story to Delton and even sent him the, the first draft, and 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 we talked about the story over drinks one time, and, uh, and he asked me if I really thought that there was a person who was so miserable, so unloved uh, that he could just disappear and no one would notice. He says, come on, no one is that, no one is that despicable. No one is that miserable. No one is that forgetful or forgettable. And everyone has someone who would miss them. Everybody would. And, and, and I didn't really really realize at the time that I was writing, but, um, and he recognized the despair that was prevalent in this story. And that was probably challenging the despair that I was feeling into the protagonist as um, uh, that, that he was going through. Um, and he said, you know, the, the, the story is good. I mean, it's not bad. It's awfully dark. And he said, you know, I, he, I'm going to challenge you, he, he says. And he says in that kind of cool way, um, that doesn't sound like the, the, a very non-threatening, challenging. Because uh, make it a love story. Give the cope. Uh, give this. Uh, give this character hope. And, and you know, and he mentioned that I was like, you know, I kind of laughed and like, um, Delton, this is not that kind of story. This is not a tale about hope. Uh, this is about not be needed or, or, or wanted, you know, I, that's what this story is about. See, I know, uh, change it, change the story, change the outcome. You know, I, uh, I accept it, you know, what he said, I, you know, obviously it's like, it's my story. That's the thing about, about being a writer or, or uh, being a writer, an author, the story is yours. You can take advice from, uh, editors, uh, from publishers, from friends, from ever change a story or do something with this. But at the end of the day, that story is your story. If you want to keep it bleak, keep it bleak. You want to be upbeat and weird, well, be upbeat and weird. It's your story, right? Um, but I also know that, you know, that uh, if you want other people to read your story, then, you, you, you know, you should listen to the public somewhat of the kind of things that they may want to hear. And, um, well, there's probably an audience for for the bleak and uh, the downtrodden, the emo, I suppose. Um, I, I, you know, I, I I wasn't feeling it. But and, and the other thing too is I never really I never wrote a love story before. Uh, 
And I, I, and I wasn't really feeling it. I, I couldn't even picture it. And I read through the story several times, and I, and I thought this was impossible. It'd just be easier if I wrote a whole different story. You know, just, just, I'll just leave the story as it is. I'll write, a, I'll write him a love story. And, and, but I, I couldn't, um, I couldn't let it go though. I had to think about it. How would I make this guy, how would I make this a love story? How would I, how would I change it? And, and, and it kind of came to me a little bit, you know, in order to make this work, I had to make the protagonist, um, redeemable, right? In order for to fall in love, you have to have some kind of empathy to care about someone else and have some sort of quality what someone might want to care about you. And so that's what I did. I tried to rehabilitate my main character. Um, I then had to make the aliens who snatched him into time-traveling aliens, but then, you know, why not? That's a whole other story, um, how that came about. And the story was changed slightly. I added this Thanksgiving element, um, and I added a little change to the beginning somewhat so that the guy wasn't a total, a total prick. Although it could have been, uh, and then it would be like a like an alien version of uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, right? Uh, and, and I do love the Christmas Carol because you know Scrooge is this um, you know uh, almost irredeemable uh, skin flint, you know, um, son of a bitch, and he gets visited by three ghosts, obviously, and then you know, hey, he's, he's a good guy again. But something similar was um, was being done with um, time traveling aliens. Um, and, and, and in honesty, this didn't really become a traditional love story. It's more of a boy meets girl thanks to an intervention of time-traveling alien historians, um, which is not exactly the kind of fare you're going to find on the Hallmark Channel, but hey, there's always hope, right? Someday maybe that's, that's they'll be, hey, it's Alien Love Story uh, Week on the Hallmark, and you know we're featuring J.J. Elliott's story a long way home. Um, anyway, so I, I, I did... I did I did what he asked, uh, what, he, what he challenged me to do. And, and um, the thing about it is I never did give Delton the final version of the story. I didn't even tell him that I, that I, that I had, uh, um, they, that I accepted his challenge. I just said, uh, okay, let me think about it. Um, and, and I don't know if he ever got the book when it, when it was uh, published. Maybe he did. You know, he and his wife ended up moving to Texas before I actually finished the story. And I wasn't all that good with uh, communicating via, via email. And he would, you know, once in a while, he, you know, if he's back in town, he'd call me up and we, we would do something. But I never got around to talking about the story we talked about. You know, we had other pressing things to talk about. And um, like I said, I don't even know if he read it. And, but I did put his name in the acknowledgments of, of Gallows Humor. And, and, and he's listed there. Delton is listed there because um, his suggestion, I think, helped me develop a much fuller story. I think the story turned out pretty good, and um, because I, I I was challenged to write a story, a redemption story, for a guy that was filled w- with despair, and um, I think I got it right. I, I don't know if it was if Delton was trying to tell me to, um, you know, not uh, not give up, or if he thought, um, or he just thought my story wasn't working right. Um, but he was he was correct. And uh, about a year ago, uh, I guess it was the last week in November, a year ago, last November, uh, Delton passed away. Um, and I never got a chance really to tell him to say uh, thank you for that suggestion that he gave me. Um, 
but you know he did make he did help me write a better a much better book on that and um and I'm grateful for that um I kind of wish that I, that uh he he was he'd be around cuz uh you know uh, uh we we would just say oh you know bullshit to this and he would we would talk about other other things and and mostly science fiction stuff um but I do I do miss my friend and he was he was a good guy on that um but I want to end this uh uh this episode on a, on a bummer note, you know, um, um, I do want you to know that uh, um, I, I still talk to his, his wife, um, Edie, once in a while, you know, on social media. And she's, she's doing okay. She's, she misses her husband as, as expected. Um, but what I, what I learned from this is that, um, y- you know, um, JJ gets to write about uh, the feelings that, that Jim has, but it doesn't mean that Jim's right. You know, it's just the th- things that he's feeling, and sometimes, you know, um, you know, Jim feels that despair, but he doesn't see uh, that there that, that there is always hope out there. Or he doesn't see he can write a redemption story for everyone but himself, and so um, that was sort of what Delton was reminding me. Hey, you know, no one's that, no one's that lost, and and there's always um, there's always a horizon, right? Um, on that. And so long as you're alive and breathing, then be alive and keep breathing. That's the, uh, that's the message. It's never over until it's over on that. And that's kind of the, uh, I think a hopeful, hopeful message. And hopefully that's what the, you'll get out of reading, uh, the long way home and, and maybe get a, a good, uh, a laugh at it too, of, um, of this guy who does try to redeem himself or make himself fix himself up to make himself more presentable. There's some, uh, I think there's some funny parts in the story. I think, uh, You'll you'll enjoy on that, but it's a good science fiction story too, and it's really funny because I started talking about these crows in the beginning uh, because I like one I do like crows uh, and um, and ravens. In fact, uh, uh, on uh, Halloween I had a, a wreath made of these um, um, crows around it. It's actually pretty cool, and I have a uh, sort of paper crows on my uh, on my wall, and I, and I kept them there because they look good up there. Uh, on that. But um, anyway, um, that's the show for this this week. Uh, Thanksgiving was okay. We're in the middle of December. Uh, uh, for um, clarity's sake, I did have a birthday. My birthday was yesterday. It was a, it was a good day. Uh, I, I had, uh, I did really pamper myself. So uh, it was, it was a fun day. And, uh, um, and I'm going to try to put another show out this week. This is Tuesday. I'm going to try to put one out as quick as I can um, because one is that uh, I I, I kind of owe it to my audience, right? Uh, um, we're we're closing in, by the way, on nearly three hundred listeners, which is really really good. Uh, you know, there, there's not going to be any awards for that. I mean, three hundred is not a, not a whole whole lot unless you're Spartans fighting uh, Xerxes. But uh, you know, we we um, we're going to celebrate the, the the small wins we have. Um, we're going to keep it, you know, goddamn it, jolly uh, around here. Uh, I have a Christmas tree. I got ornaments. I have Christmas music playing. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to be okay. We're all going to be okay. And um, and like I said, if you're not, reach out to somebody or a friend. Uh, and if you need to, contact me on, on Facebook. I'll chat with you. I, I, I chatted with people who just said, hey, just talking by to say hi. I said, hey, how's it going? You read my book? Uh, no. All right. But he, he didn't buy it. He ended up buying it later. So that was okay. But he just wants something to chat to, and and and, and if we got the time, I'll chat with you. Just make sure you're okay. 
Um, anyway, so that's it for this week's episode. Uh, uh, what's coming up is pretty soon is that um, uh, my daughter Liz and I are going to be talking about um, what if of um, season two, which starts I think in I think next week or so. Season two. I also let you know uh, sometime next week or later this week. Uh, you know, if and when I started Christmas shopping, and then maybe you guys can give me some good idea uh, for uh, for for um, near panicking when we get a chance. Like, oh my God, I have nothing. I have nothing to show for it, and we'll see what happens on that. Uh, um, on that. Anyway, um, guys, have a great uh, uh, a great rest of your week. I'll, I'll I'll talk to you as soon as I can. Uh, tell me your Thanksgiving stories too. And if you read the story, what you thought of a uh, um, long way home. Okay, guys, be well. Love you all.